Kylie and I are back today talking Bucks winning the championship. The Pirates are off the hook for stupidest play of all time. We got some NFL training camp news as well as other NFL and NCAA news. Ten history facts. More news on Richard Sherman and Dwayne Haskins. Old lady punched him in the face. Then we got the NFL fan rant. NFC West edition. Cue the music. Joe Bees and Kylie Munch. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Beehive Sports Podcast. A lot to get to today. I'm gonna just get her going with uh NBA championship. We've now two so two of our major sports, hockey now complete, Tampa Bay title town. And Yeah, Tampa Bay didn't win. Didn't win? <laughs> didn't win the NBA championship. No. <laughs> they won the no, they won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Definitely one. Uh, so we have the Milwaukee Bucks, NBA champs. You were pretty invested into this series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was a good series. It was a good series. I Yeah. It was nice seeing the two teams. I think we talked about that multiple times that just the two teams alone made it worth watching because it wasn't somebody who's been there a thousand times. So it's the Bucks' first championship in 50 years. Uh, Giannis throws shade at super teams after the game, which is like, to me, the quote of the century, because I hate super teams so much. So if Giannis wasn't more likable, he became more likable to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Played out his ass. 50 points to, what was it, 14 rebounds, I think, and five blocks or something like that. Yeah, he played unbelievable. And and he he made all his free throws. He was like 13 or 14 from the line or something like that. Which is not normal. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, obviously, from game from game one and two, uh, then they rattle off four straight wins. Anybody who watched it, it was pretty clear that they changed the way that they were using Giannis against the Suns. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, or he just decided himself, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, take this game inside more and just, just, he just brutal, brutalized them inside. Like they, I mean, like I said, I texted you last night. I said, it's the most dominant thing I've seen since Shaq, the, the way he was dominating them inside. Unstoppable. He just imposed low. his will down low and yeah. just, and they, there was nothing they could do. I mean, if he didn't make a bucket, he was fouled every time. He kind of made it hard. It, the way Shaq was the same way. Like it's kind of hard on the refs. Cause it's like, it's like he gets fouled every time, and it's more like the refs just got to decide how much contact is too much contact too much. kind of thing. Yeah. And- uh, I've heard a lot of people, and I think we've talked about this before, that Giannis isn't like the greatest basketball player ever, but what he is is just extremely athletic. And, yeah, so his shooting wasn't great. He changed it up, went down low, and, I mean, I the – I watched a good bit, I would say, of the finals. Not a ton, but a good bit of it. And, uh, you know, a lot of the highlights that you saw was just him going low 
and dunking over yeah. two different guys at the same time it is just too physical for any of them to handle. And like you said, put the refs in a position where they're calling fouls. I mean, not the greatest free throw shooter. No. Uh, uh, you could, you know, go make a pot of coffee in the time it takes for him to do his pre-shot routine. Yeah, that's why they do the, the other teams do the countdown. And the countdown. And did you see the guy in Phoenix would have been game five who was counting the $100 bills while – he was, yes, did yeah, you see that? Yeah, yeah. Instantly became a meme yeah. because they lost. But so. I thought Giannis handled that really great. Like, like he kind of like laughed about it, made a joke of it. And like, he kind of like just, he's like, it just took it in stride. And I thought it was cool the way he took it. And like, he's like, I just got to go overcome it. And it's like, right. He's like, he just laughed about it. And, yeah. It's, and, but like the main, yeah, like you said, like, and he just works so hard. The transformation is amazing. Like, I sent you that picture, too. Uh, Nobody expect. for one thing, he grew, like, three inches. He after, did. After That's he what was, I saw about that picture that stuck out the most was it was 2013. When he was when he was drafted in 2013, he was six foot nine. Yeah. And he's seven foot now. Jeez. So, like, that was one of the most amazing things. He was taken 15th overall in that draft, and he was just this little skinny six foot nine kid. They thought he would be, like, a, a wing or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's turned in, and he's just worked so hard and he's put on so much. He's put on like 50 pounds of muscle, like all muscle. He's, yeah, he's yoked. <laughs> yeah. And he grew three inches. <laughs> Did you see the video of him that was like an interview? It looked like from maybe an NBA scout or something. Cause the obviously Giannis is from Greece, right? Greece, yeah. And his English is a little broken, but he speaks good English. And uh, the guy talking spoke like perfect you know, English and he was interviewing Giannis and he's like, you know, what are your goals? And Giannis is young. I mean, he looks like a, he had to have been a, a, literally a kid, kid. Mm-hmm. Like and before he, he was drafted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was before he was drafted. Cause he's talking about going to Spain to play and how his goal gotcha. is to be an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool video. I mean, it's like a headshot video. Like it's just okay. his face and he, it's pretty cool. So if you, I don't even know where to find it or where I saw that. I should have shared it, but uh yeah, like I said, and then his comments after the game where he was just like, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, I could have gone anywhere. And, yeah, he said, I could have taken up. the easy route. Right. And he said, no. And I he's like, anybody could do that. He's like, I could have gone to any team I wanted. Yep. <laughs> and he, he could have. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. But then he said. He's like, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, he said. Because he was going to name a team. He's yeah. like, I could have went to. He's like, well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Yeah. He's like, but. but he's like, who, I could have went wherever I wanted. <laughs> they know who they are. Right. Those teams know <laughs> yeah, who they right. are. And players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Katie. LeBron. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's exactly like, for me. I felt for whatever reason, I don't know why I felt myself a little bit rooting for the Suns. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I know Chris Paul is like on his last leg and I just kind of want to see him win. And I didn't care. It wasn't like I was hardly. I I was once the Nets and the Lakers were eliminated. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I felt I was way more intrigued by the playoffs then. Because I was like so excited about just that somebody else was going to win, and and I don't watch the NBA a ton, and I made the Bucks prediction of coming out of the East to you like five yep. ten episodes ago or yep. whatever it was, where yep. I thought that I watched them that first series. I can't even remember who they play. The Sixers? No, no, because the Sixers won their first series. Right. I can't remember who the Bucks played in that series. Heat. Heat. Yeah, it was the Heat. Yeah. 
And I was watching a lot of that. And that was when I told you, cause they got, I mean, shit, they have two guys now who are taking a private jet Friday with Devin Booker to Tokyo for the, to get on yeah, the Drew game. Holiday and, uh, Chris Middleton. Middleton yeah. And, and those guys are going to play for Team USA. Middleton, Middleton's an amazing story. He's too. really good. He was a second round pick by the Sixers or something, maybe. I can't remember. And then he was a throw-in in a trade to the Bucks, and he got there the same year that Giannis was drafted. So they've been playing, so they've been together, playing together all time. eight years. That yeah. Giannis, they've been there together all eight years, so they're really close, the two of them. And, he, yeah, he was a second-round pick throw-in in some other trade. I don't even remember what the trade was. But, yeah, and he actually, like, went to the G League at one point and, like, fought his way back to the NBA. Yeah. And he's now he's a, he's a superstar, Stunt. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean – yeah, he's going to represent our country. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so I saw too that people were like, Man, that's gonna be an awkward plane ride to Tokyo. <laughs> Hi, Devin. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna be but Devin Booker's great too. And, and he's so young and yeah, got good. He has career. time. He he was phenomenal. he made some plays towards the end of that game to to keep them in it with a little bit like yeah. he made a couple shots that I was just like, Wow, just he he comes up with some shots out of nowhere that is incredible. He drives the hoop and just makes some incredible shots and fadeaways. And it's just like you haven't seen guys make shots like that. Like that's why he's been getting some like Kobe comparisons and stuff. Like maybe a little bit like people people Premature. jump yeah. yeah and people people get a little mad when people jump the gun on guy like that. But but I mean you can see his shot making ability is. Is very very good. Some of the best we've seen in a long time. So I mean, it's it's fun to watch a guy like that. I'm just happy. Uh, maybe I like maybe me putting it out into the universe that the NBA was just so watered down because there was just the lack of superstars and the superstars who were there all team up now. Mm-hmm. So maybe when I did that episode about NBA Jam. It put it into the universe. I, it, probably, it doesn't have anything to do with that, but I'm just in my head. It'd be cool. Cause now maybe, you know, it's getting to the point where th- there is a, just about one superstar on every team. There's a lot of them. It's, it's it, getting, the NBA is in a pretty good place right now. You think of like Zion and John yep. Morant and uh, a lot of, so I mean, LeBron's retirement. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think they're in a good place with superstars right now. And it, and it seems like we have another good draft coming up. Yeah. So, I mean, We'll, we'll see. I mean, that one. Who, who's the kid projected to go one? Cade Cunningham, and that's he went to where Oklahoma State. Yeah, and he's uh pretty much already. I think he already said the only team he's visiting is Detroit. Yeah, because they got the first pick. Yeah, there. I mean, there's some. There's some. I don't think it'll happen. I'm pretty sure that he'll go one. Although there is some trade talk too. The possibility. It's it's going to be him. There's a little bit of whispers of it. it could be Evan Mobley from USC. Or um, Jalen Green, the kid that didn't play in college and went straight to the G League. Okay, that yeah. He but he that Green kid. A lot of people say he's got the highest upside of anybody. It's just there's a little more unknown with him and stuff. And but a lot of people like Mobley too, though. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people that swear that they think Mobley's the the most sure thing. So I don't. I I, between those three, they seem like they're the top three. But I think it's going to be another really good. Well, good. I hope it just. You know, thickens the uh, tightness of the divisions and stuff like yeah, you know, right. keeps keeps the league good. Yeah, so. more parity, the better. And, yeah, yeah, and, and the other amazing thing with the finals, getting back to that, was t- 
to think back to when Giannis had that knee injury. Oh yeah. And then, Beginning and of the then, series. and he, no, I think it was in the series before. I think it, I think it was, it, it was against yeah. the Nets. Cause they weren't even, yeah. Cause they yeah. weren't even sure if he was going to play in this one. And it was against the Hawks, right? Hawks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so they didn't even know cause him and Trey both got hurt. That's what kind of sucked about that series. Yeah. But, um, so they didn't even know if he was going to play in this. And then to put on the performance he put on after that knee injury, to look back at that and be like, wow. And he was this dominant after that scary knee injury is even yeah. more incredible, you know? Oh, yeah. His knee, like, buckled back. Yeah, it? it was, like, scary. It was like gross. It was a hyperextension. Like, yeah. it went backwards, kind mm-hmm. of. It was yeah. ugly. So, yeah, like I said, we have now two major sports down, yep. which means we're marching towards football season, which makes me happy. Uh, still have the MLB going on, obviously, for the next few months. Uh, the only MLB news that we're going to talk about is something that made me happy for all the Pittsburgh Pirate fans out there. Is there? I think they're off the hook. <laughs> I don't, know, the hook for I don't dumb know if they're completely either. off the hook. No, but... <laughs> they are. That was way worse. That, this was worse. Three runs scored. I, I mean, they ended up losing the game, which kind of... Yeah, it kind of made it right. deflate a little yeah. bit because we're not hearing about that play. Like we heard about right. it that day, the Will Craig play we heard about for a week after. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, so uh, this was a swinging bunt with the bases loaded, correct? Yeah, bases loaded. Kevin, swinging Kevin bunt. Newman up, yeah. And pitcher comes in. The ball starts in foul territory. Mm-hmm. You can see it start coming back towards the line. So do you think he thought it was foul or thought he could beat it before it touched the chalk? He was definitely hoping. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. But either way, then they don't do anything except stand there and, and argue with the ump. Right. After the ump said it's fair. It's fair. So yeah. in in instead of getting the ball, right. They stand there. They and stand argue. there and argue with the ump while the guys are running right behind them. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the third base coach had to had the wherewithal to keep yeah. waving those guys home. Yeah. And the ball, so, the ball's sitting back by the dugout. And, and Will Craig, uh, I just found this out. You knew about it already because mm-hmm. I had texted you about this too. Uh, Will Craig's now playing in Korea. Yes. Yeah. And actually said that that play, the Pirates' blunder, was one of the reasons why he needed to get away from Major League Baseball. Right. That's sad. Like, I feel, I feel really bad for that guy. And that's like, I don't know, that's part of the problem with, you know, we didn't see these types of issues. Like, if that play's made in 1994, are we even, it, it doesn't even. Yeah, you don't see it. You see it once on TV. And you may, thought, maybe you see it on TV once. And you talk maybe, about it with your buddies. Or, and it's written in, a, in, an, art, in an article, right. a column in the newspaper. Right. And but then the newspaper the, gets thrown away and nobody sees it again. And, right. Now the <laughs> internet. Everybody has their platform that they use so well. And shared and, a million times. Right. And <laughs> talked so much shit on this guy. And now, you know, that's just to me it's sad, though, that he had to put up fans or, I don't know. And and how, I don't think that a true fan, like, I don't know, I'm a huge, you're a huge Bills fan. I'm a huge Bills fan. If something happened in one of their games to where, like one player legitimately like cost them something. I would never take it to the level of like threatening the guy's life. Like that's crazy to me that these 
There's probably people doing that to Cole Beasley right now. Well, there are. There are. Look at any of the Bills pages because they're all – yeah, because he's now he's Twitter feuding with – and I saw an article where they're like some guy responded and he responded, and it wasn't Mark Cuban. It was somebody else. And the article called this guy like the king, whoever he was arguing with. I've never even heard of him. So I'm like, he's the king of what? Bullshit? Because there's nothing – I've never heard of this dude in my life, but he was like – a blue check mark verified Twitter guy and he was arguing with Cole Beasley but uh yeah back to baseball something that I saw too the other day that I was like holy shit we just talked about this how can we make all-star weekend better the old timers game that went away now they replaced it with like celebrity slow pitch softball that nobody I ever, watches I don't ever remember that I guess the old timers game no so I actually watched some highlights from one. I don't remember what year, but I know that at the ballpark, no broad-in fences like the dude they do for the slow-pitch game. Uh, this dude was 77 years old, took Warren Spawn yard. <laughs> 77, hit a dinger. I was like, yeah, so make an age cutoff and start bringing back some of these mm-hmm. old-time baseball players and let them play a game. Yeah, like, I would watch that. Like 45 and older yeah, or something. Yeah, think about like 90s players, like coming back, Sosa, McGuire, Bagwell, like all those guys come back and play an old-timers game. Would you watch that? Yeah. I would watch that. All right. Would you watch that versus uh, Ja Rule and Jenny Finch? I didn't watch Play, it. No, nobody I, watches that. <laughs> nobody watches. I know that. Andrew and Tyler were watching it because they were messaging me about it and stuff. But <laughs> but but Andrew and Tyler would both much rather watch. I'm sure they baseball. would definitely for sure rather watch that. Yeah, like some old. Yeah, just I just loved that idea when I saw that. I was like, holy shit! Why don't they bring that back? <laughs> that would be watchable. Childhood heroes, mm-hmm. you know, for us. Griffey, any of them, like bring them all back. Mm-hmm. It'd be the shit. I would. So uh, obviously, I don't. I don't I think Griffey can play outfield anymore. Probably not. He'd <laughs> be the catcher. Yeah, yeah, he'd have to play first base. He might have to actually opt into the <laughs> celebrity like, slow pitch. Looks game. more like Mo Vaughn. Than- <laughs> yeah, he does. I I think you was it you or somebody was telling me that he'd gained a bunch of weight. Yeah, I think it was you. And then I like shortly after you said that I saw like a picture of him. His face, his head looks like a basketball. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't miss a meal since retirement. Yeah, he's got to be pushing three hundo. Yeah, he's big. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like good like Frank Thomas in his yeah. Nugenic commercials where he's right. yoked and no. has these chicks like Frank. How you doing? No, he's eating well. Griffey's hanging out with Joey Chestnut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, NFL training camp right around the corner. Like literally by the time probably next episode comes out. Uh, actually today. Yeah. Today's the 21st. Steelers and Cowboys both report because they have a game August 5th, the Hall of Fame game, which is hardly a game. I mean, it's more actually it's good for, I think that extra game is good, but for, you know, the undrafteds and the like Najee Harris. Isn't going to play a bunch in that, if at all. Right. But, like, the late-round picks and stuff, you know, you get to see some things. Dwayne Haskins, if his jaw's wired back together from getting knocked out by his old lady, he'd probably be playing in it. Roethlisberger won't be. Roethlisberger might not play in any of the preseason. Who knows? But uh, that's just exciting to me. We're at that time of summer where 
Uh, we get to start watching some training camp news. There's two teams who do not have joint practices scheduled, the Bills being one of them, and I don't remember who the other one is, but everybody else has joint practices going uh, throughout August. Uh, so, yeah, we are, what, 31 days in July, right? Yep. So 10, 15, we're 15 days out from the very first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game. That's two, exciting. Yep, two weeks pretty much. I yeah. love football season. Uh, other stuff in the NFL, which we're, uh, I'm sure when uh, James California does the fan rant later in the show, he'll probably make mention of the shitty news out of L.A. yesterday, Cam Akers. They're starting running back. Achilles down for the year. Uh, who said Gurley's available? Was that you? <laughs> <laughs> he is, though. Adrian Peterson. Le'Veon. Is he available? Le'Veon. Le'Veon's not on the team yeah. yet? Yeah. He sucks. That's why. Great. So yeah. does Gurley. <laughs> yeah. Gurley's, Gurley's knee, I think, was like, that was it. As soon as he, that arthritis shit started, he just went backwards. I, I mean, saw that they said they're they're sticking with what they got. Yeah, they which, are. Daryl Henderson. Henderson, and I saw a tweet from a, a Rams beat writer that was um, – they had a couple scrimmages like last week or something, and he interviewed Donald, and Donald named two guys that – it was a defense, like a linebacker or something. And Xavier Jones was a running back, undrafted kid they signed. And he said that he looked really good, looked in, good. in the scrimmage. Well, yeah. Aaron, I mean, Donald, Aaron Donald did. So if you go by our logic, which is that running backs are a dime a dozen, they shouldn't have a problem. You know, as long as they can run block, you get somebody back there who's halfway decent. Daryl Henderson's not bad. No, he's I mean, not he's, I think Cam Akers was more flexible. Yep. But yeah, and running backs come out of nowhere all the time. Fred Jackson was one of the best Bills running backs ever. Yeah, and he came from <laughs> he uh, was undrafted Co college. Yeah, undrafted, undrafted D three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, arena football. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he says uh, the well. So now that I don't really think that that's news. I think they're just kind of recycling stuff that he was offered some like huge contract. And Rogers, yeah, and oh, turned right. it down. So the mystery of where he's going to be this coming season continues. Yeah, uh, you know, training camp's coming up. So if he reports, he reports. If he doesn't, I actually listened to an interview, a Bakhtiari interview. Their left starting left right. tackle, all pro. Yeah, um, and they kind of like they didn't want to bug him about it. The guy that was interviewing him that I was listening to, but. He kind of like hinted at it a little bit, and and Bakhtiari was pretty open about it. He's just like he's like, man, I he's like, if I knew, I'd tell you. He's like, I got no idea. Yeah. He's like, I hope he shows up, but he yeah. might show up tomorrow. He might not show up at all. He's like, I got no idea. Well, that was a uh, a lot of the uh, internet memes last night after the Bucks won the championship. Was like the state of Wisconsin tonight. And then the state of Wisconsin tomorrow, remembering that Aaron Rodgers might not be their quarterback right. this year. So, yeah, that's uh, that's like I mean it's been the headline mystery of all off season since the news came out that there was some bad blood going on there or whatever. And who knows? Maybe Jordan Love will come in and light the world on fire. He could. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's got a lot of good weapons, <laughs> and he's been sitting under Rodgers for at least one full season. Yeah. So, uh, some NCAA chat. 
this I just saw and it just annoyed me because it just continues the woke beatdown of our country as it is and just everything's offensive. Uh, Big 12 coordinator Greg Burks, I don't know if you saw this, uh, came out and said that referees will be and officials will be cracking down on opposing teams playing Texas doing the horns down. You know how they do the horns up with their, they do the little two finger horns up. And when, you know, you sack the quarterback, uh, whoever, you know, sacks Texas quarterback, they'll sometimes do it horns down. That's going to be a personal foul. No, no, big no, no, big no, no. You cannot horns down Texas. I, so I was like, it's Texas. They don't get offended, but it, it, it's Austin. So I think the people in Austin do get offended. The rest of the state, not so much. Well, maybe closer to the bigger cities, but yeah. So this is a thing where now it is uh, apparently hurtful to do the horns down. I don't know if the Texas players complain or coaches complain or whatever. So what are they claiming? Because they don't want personal attacks. Like you can celebrate, but they don't want it to be. So they that's said, considered taunting. The article said if you do it toward a player, it will be a penalty. If you do it toward the crowd, it might be a penalty. That was what the article said. So you just don't do it. Just don't horns down. Everybody's feelings are okay. The game continues on. You don't want to cost your team 15 yards for... Uh, I suppose that's technically taunting because you're doing a personal thing, but it's like, you know, it's crazy. It is crazy. It, it's a, just celebrate and do some other dance, and I guess it's okay. Yeah. You can... You can... Yeah, you can do whatever you, you want. Can you can dance on the logo. and You can coordinate group dances in the end zone. Right. That's okay. Don't horns down. Right. It's just ridiculous. I Whatever. All right. Take a break. We are going to be back with 10 facts for sports history. Hi, this is Chris Rossetti, and I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our new website, D9in10sports.com. It's just like the old one, but with the word and in the number 10 added to the end. D9in10sports.com is your new home for District 9 and District 10 high school sports, and we are doing all the things you have come to love from us, plus much, much more. Our goal is the same, to cover every sport at every school in both D9 and D10 in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. If you're a high school sports fan, you need to check out D9in10sports.com today. Let's take a look back at this week in sports history. This edition of This Week in Sports History is brought to you by D9and10sports.com, the home for all things District 9, District 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. Ten facts. We're starting you off. Oh, and I covered everything in opening, so I didn't have to start This Week in Sports History going back over something that we forgot to talk about, like we did the last two weeks. Gold star. All right, let's kick it off. 
Number one. 1921. Babe Ruth hits an MLB record 570-foot home run at Detroit's Naven Field. That's a bomb. It's a good poke. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he pointed before he had it. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's I mean, they hit what's the bonus for the home run derby? Four seventy five? Four twenty five. Four twenty five. Five hundred he was twenty five feet shy of six hundred foot dinger. No one out dead center at polo grounds. And people wonder why these guys don't use aluminum bats. Because people would die. People in the stand in the outfield stands would die. Yeah, just missiles coming at them. <laughs> yeah, that's a bomb. Okay, number two, 1927. Ty Cobb gets his 4,000th MLB hit. So we just discussed this before the show. He is second all time and one of two players, Pete Rose, to have 4,000 hits. So there's your bonus fact. Obviously, Cobb was the first to do it. Apparently. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he was. He played a few years before Rose did. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out, Kylie. It's not like, everybody might not know that. 1927. <laughs> Pete Rose is still alive. <laughs> oh, that's good. Number three. 1941. Joe DiMaggio goes three for four. Hitting in his 56th straight game. So that's the record. Yep. His street record. Uh, didn't look to see what's second, but has anybody ever been close to that? 56 is a lot. I think like 30 or 40, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's something. I mean, 56 is a third of the season. They have, they have that beat the streak app. Have yeah. You ever, I play that. Nobody's ever even done that. No. That's hard. You pick, you can pick. To your own night. guy, yeah, double down, yeah, and you can and you get to pick whoever you want every day, and no, and not a single person has ever done. They're giving out like six million, five point six million, I think they do, yeah, for fifty six. And I've got and nobody's like, ever. Done I think it. I got to like fourteen once. <laughs> yeah, I got. I think I got in the teens a couple yeah. times because you get a mulligan after like eleven. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. That's right. Yeah, they even help you, and it's still you can't do it. Crazy. Oh, by the way. The streak obviously ended the very next day in Cleveland against the Indians, not the Naps. So he was awake for the game. Yeah, Another nap joke. I'll stop with this. I know they're not great. Number four. 1956. Detroit Tigers and Briggs Stadium sold for a then record $5.5 million. So 1956. Uh, we did some numbers last week, and I said I didn't look at the inflation calculator for that. I did for this. So today, five point five million, the sale of the Tigers would be fifty-four million nine hundred thirty-eight thousand five hundred twenty-nine dollars, which is still not what they would be sold for today, because it would be way more than that. I mean, it's, the sports franchises are selling for billions now. What the bills cost? Two, two billion, one billion, something in there. Right. Yeah. So, five point five million is what you could purchase a franchise for in 1956. Did you find a different site to get these off of a Tigers fan this time or something? No, three out of the four Tigers. I just am <laughs> refusing to acknowledge the Yankees. Although I did say Babe Ruth. Right. Shit. 
Number five. 1960. The National League votes to add two franchises: Houston Astros, New York Mets. Good time for me. I was minus 24 years old, but、uh, yeah, that's pretty cool that they.、Uh, I didn't know that the Mets came in at the same time the Astros did. Yeah, I didn't know that either.、Yeah. I guess I don't really know like the formations of all of that stuff. I would have guessed the Astros were newer. Yeah, I, I would have too. I would have too. Yeah, I would have thought the Mets were around longer. Yeah, yeah. but the Yankees were.、Uh, I guess just the cat's ass in New York, so they didn't really need another franchise. Well, they had Brooklyn for a while too. Oh yeah, that's true. But they、uh, uprooted.、Mm-hmm, right. Yeah.、Eventually、what year they did they move? I don't know what year it was they moved. Hmm. We'll have to look into that too. But yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. So maybe that's why they filled the void of the second franchise because they wanted another one there. And didn't. Actually, didn't the Giants start there too, or something?、Maybe? Yeah, the New York Giants. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't know when all these teams I moved. Guess, I guess it's just、uh, yeah, because they just that second franchise must have just been so not successful that they kept shipping them out. Obviously, the Mets following's not what the Yankees is. Right. But they have some fans. Yeah, Stewie's. I know、fan. a lot of Mets fans actually. Yeah. The old Metropolitans. Number six, nineteen seventy-three. San Francisco Giant Willie McCovey becomes the fifteenth player to hit four hundred home runs. His four hundredth coming at Candlestick Park off of Pittsburgh Pirate Bob Moose. Literally, I mean, cool for Willie McCovey, but I just wanted to say Bob Moose. I thought that's a great. I had never even heard of him. I would have in 1973. I would have been rocking a moose jersey for sure. That's a kick-ass name. It's not Wild Goose, but it's still pretty good. Number seven, 1990. Pete Rose sentenced to five months for tax evasion. Had they let him continue betting on the Reds, maybe he would have had the money to pay his taxes. So I feel like he kind of got fucked here in this one. <laughs> Number eight, 1991. Mike Tyson is accused of raping Miss Black USA contestant. So that was like the start of the the downfall for Mike Tyson with the speeding tickets and all the other bullshit he went through.、Uh, yeah, that was that would be, you know, because I think he he was a champion at that time, late '80s, early '90s, kicking everybody's ass, and then the, the trouble began. Number nine. 1996. After 2,216 consecutive starts at shortstop, Cal Ripken gets moved to third base. So when I read this, it didn't say who he got moved for, but I had it in my brain. I was like, had to have been Miguel Tejada. It wasn't. It was Manny Alexander, who I think I remember kind of, but I don't think he was great. But I would have thought Miguel Tejada. Which we could do a show on Miguel Tejada. He lied on his birth certificate. He was like four years older than what he said he was, wasn't he? Or younger? No, he was older. He said he was younger. Yes. He said he was younger because、uh, the the pipeline in which he traveled to get to Major League Baseball, they weren't looking at players who were like twenty two. They wanted the sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old guys. It happened with Stanton too. Stanton lied. Yeah. Yeah, Son of a bitch. yeah, he was like, and he said when he 
originally his name was Mike Stanton when he came into the league. Really? And then they found out, yeah. You didn't know about that? <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah. Mike Stanton. Mike Stanton. Yeah. So it's Look like that you, up. And like then they found out he was, a... then they found out he was like four years older and his name was Giancarlo. Yeah, like that's a real thing. Like when you go to a Chinese buffet and the girl who brings you drink, her name tag says like Sarah. Not, it's not Sarah. Everybody knows. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I remember. I remember a video game when it was when it was Mike Stanton. I remember Mike Stanton. Yeah, I remember playing like one of you know baseball video. I will only refer to him as Mike from this point forward. That's that's great. Mike Stanton. Okay. <laughs> Number 10. 1999. The inaugural game is played at Seattle, Seattle Mariners Safeco Field. I'd assume they lost. Because they're a shit bag of a franchise. Aren't they? They're really bad. Like, consistently. Right, yeah. I mean, they had, like... Well, the, the last year they were good was when they were really, really good, right? They won like 114 games or something. Yeah, yeah. Was Ichiro there? I don't know. I think it was like 99, though. Yeah, I remember. I know Brett Boone was on the team. I remember. This is 99 when that stadium opened. Safe but, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember Brett Boone. I think it might have been Ichiro, too. It might have been that whole team. But they're like... I think they have the longest playoff drought now that the Bills yeah. snapped the one in 2017. You might be right. I think they have the longest. They went through a good run there when they had Griffey and A-Rod yeah. and stuff. And yeah, they had good. And Jay then, Buhner. And then they had that year when they had. Jay Buhner. Remember that dude? Randy Johnson. Randy. Yeah. Yeah, they had some good players. All right. This edition of This Week in Sports History is brought to you by D9and10sports.com, the home for all things District 9, District 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the things that sting. For the things that sting, the worst stories in sports, according to Jim. Yeah, welcome back to the things that sting. Going to revisit a little bit about Richard Sherman. Uh, clearly, more came out since the day we recorded last week was the morning that that news broke. So we didn't have a lot to go on then, a lot more speculation than anything. But now, uh, the 911 call has been released, where. Sherman's wife is talking to a dispatcher. The video from it looks like they have like a ring doorbell type setup or whatever they have at their house. The video was released. Which did you watch the video? I think I sent it to you, didn't I? I watched. Like, I watched it. Yeah, he's like shoulder remember. checking the door. Yeah, and yep. I definitely yeah. saw it. I don't. I, you, yeah. I think you was you that sent to me. So, so it's really bad. Doesn't look good for his case. The criminal mischief, obviously, because if the door he damaged the door. Uh, so the charges, or I'm sorry, we'll, we'll get to the charges here in a minute. But first, uh, more just outlining uh, the events. The, the crash that we talked about was into a barrier. The police then found the vehicle. 
uh, in a parking lot nearby because it had been disabled. He was able to drive it to a certain point and then couldn't from there. Uh, gets to the house, starts slamming into the door. You can hear screaming coming from inside. I think he actually cracks the camera as well because, like, a little shatter mark appears when he, like, hits it. Uh, so that, then he's body checking the door, trying to get through, yelling and screaming. Uh, while the wife's on the phone with 911, stating that he's making, uh, comments about killing himself and just, I mean, the video you can see, he's just kind of losing it. So he was then, uh, when he's taken into custody, he gets transported to the hospital for, uh, evaluation and then released. The reason he was taken to the hospital was also released is that he was actually apprehended by a police canine. So he was bit by a police dog. Uh, they said it was only minor scratches or something like that. So it must, he must not have clamped onto him too well because that's not typically the, a minor scratch is not what you're going to get from a police canine. So, uh, that was that. The charges that he is now facing, he has been released, uh, from the jail. He is facing driving under the influence, reckless endangerment, malicious mischief, criminal trespass, and resisting arrest. So resisting for fighting with the police, uh, criminal trespass for being told to leave, I guess, and not not doing so. Uh, the malicious, malicious mischief being the damage to whatever the door, the, the doorbell, the camera, whatever. And then the DUI and the reckless endangerment for piling the car into the you know, into the barrier and whatnot. So not a good night. Uh, five misdemeanors. I don't know what those carry in Seattle. Probably nothing because it's Seattle. Uh, but he is due back in front of a judge August 13th. So he did release a statement following his release from jail where Sherman said, I'm deeply remorseful for my actions on Tuesday night. I behaved in a manner I am not proud of. I've been dealing with some personal challenges over the last several months, but that is not an excuse for how I acted. The importance of mental and emotional health is extremely real, and I vow to get the help that I need. I appreciate all the people who have reached out and supported me and my family, including our community here in Seattle. I am grateful to have such an amazing wife, family, and support system to lean on during this time. So, clearly the mental health piece in, in this is like the, the whole kind of take on what's going on. That's, you know, the Internet's response to everything is CTE. And, and uh, actually somebody, I can't remember who, but somebody pretty prominent actually put out a response to, like, the Internet basically saying... Uh, anytime something like this happens, quit just assuming it's CTE. Uh, and which is, you know, fine if that's what they're, if they truly don't believe that. But as from a fan's perspective, once these players start kind of losing it, it is something that a lot of fans lean on as the reason why. Rather than anything else that's going on, which is something that, uh, I think me and you spoke about while not recording was that, a lot of fans, I don't think they, like, really grasp what these guys' day-to-day lives is like. They can't do things that we do. They can't go to the grocery store. They can't go uh, sit in a restaurant and eat dinner without being, you know... At least not taken. a big guy like Sherman. I think 90% of the league can, especially in football. Yeah. Especially well, yeah. in football. Right, because a lot of people, if you put faces 
without helmets, mm-hmm. without names attached to them, most people couldn't name them. Yeah. So yeah, I would agree with that. But a guy like Sherman, right? His, his hair in. sticks out too right. much. Everybody knows yeah. what Richard right. Sherman looks like. Right. I mean, he he put his own face on camera multiple times while he was playing with the Legion of Boom, yep. and uh, yeah, a guy so, like him, yeah, right. So so he can't do those things. So the pressure, uh, I don't know. I just think there's a lot more to it. I kind of agreed with that guy where it was like, just don't assume it's CTE. You don't know, and and I think he's onto something there. But uh, the the, you know, the reality of it is, like I said, these guys can't do normal things. Their lives are completely turned upside down from what they knew in college and in uh, high school, you know, from being a kid to just being a star where they can't go out in public without a group of people, you know, asking for autographs or photos or whatever. And, and it, I just think that a lot of people react to that negatively and it may not seem that way, but like. Uh, for example, when a guy's like, oh, I asked him for an autograph, he said, no, he's a dick. Is he? Or is he just tired of signing autographs and he wants to just be left alone? So I don't know. I don't take, I don't like it when people take that stuff personal. If they shun a kid, then I'm like, mm, that's kind of fucked up because kid, it's a kid, you know? Yeah. But, it depends on the scenario. Cause like, yeah, if there's like, I went to a Pirates Braves game and there's, Two, three hundred people, kids down there and everything wanting Acuna's autograph. Right. Obviously, not everybody's going to get it. Right? right. Yeah. He can't stand it. But I went, day. one time I went to a Pirates game in, in, uh, Detroit and we were literally like there by ourselves and like three other Pirates like stopped and gave us autographs. There was nobody else. It wasn't like there was a long line or anything. So they were like cool about it. And then like Kip Wells walked by. I remember, I remember this because I was little. I was probably like 14 or something, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And he just, didn't give a flying fuck about us and he just walked by then and and it that in that scenario it's like okay dude you could have signed one autograph and got out of there yeah (laughs) was he pitching that day no then yeah he should have signed it if he was pitching then i'd give him benefit of the doubt because they're like they get into their zone but if it's a day off they ain't doing shit uh well i mean that of course grinky's like a whole nother animal when it comes to this type of thing but uh I was laughing when I went to Salem Field and watched them play the Jays because Granky walked by a couple times and he just had on like the biggest sunglasses I've ever seen in my life. And would he just like stare at the crowd. I like waved and he just like stared at me and just kept walking, like didn't say anything, no emotion on his face. But he's, he's not one that you can really compare to like the average player because he's definitely just different. And actually, oh, so Brian Sager, you know Brian. Mm-hmm. Brian got a hold of me not too long ago and was like, hey, you got to check out this Facebook page or YouTube page called uh, Baseball Doesn't Exist. And it's actually really, really cool. They're like 15, 20-minute episodes, and they're about different players and different things like that. Well, they do one about Zach Granke, about how he's the weirdest player in baseball. And it's... There was a lot of stuff about Granky that I never even knew about. He quit baseball to go mow grass. He wanted to cut lawns. And then the fights that he started, uh, teammates not really caring much for him. Him just He's just always kind of been a loner. And uh, obviously the anxiety stuff with him, which I think people are starting to respect a little bit more than they probably did in previous years because, uh, you know, when people 
have issues like that, the the world around us now embraces it rather than points out the fact that he's weird. I do both. I point out that he's weird, but I also respect that they're, you know, people are, the media is kind of leaving him alone. Uh, anyways, a little bit off track there. <laughs> Uh, I, I have I have a general question that that I kind of wanted to ask you after listening to that nine one one call. Yeah. Um, because I listen to a lot of I listen to another set of podcasts a lot. They're called Sword and Scale, and there's like a lot of murders. They they do like murders and stuff. Yeah. And, and they there's a lot of nine one one calls on those. And so I've listened to a lot of nine one one calls like through that. Now I don't know I don't know when I listen to him like on those if I get the full call like f- from the very beginning or not but like I notice a lot on 911 calls and I notice it in this one too the person that's calling the 911 center a lot of times is in like panic so bad right. and they're like we just need help here now and I'm always like I get anxiety listening to it sometimes and I'm like right. I always wonder I'm like do they tell them at the very beginning like Help is on the way, but I need this information from you. Right. And stay, well, you know, I need you to stay calm and I need this information from you to help out the officers and stuff. Right. So 911, when 911 calls are placed, and, and actually I was going to get to that because did you see that this 911 dispatcher for the Sherman call is under heavy scrutiny on the internet right now? And is no, being, I didn't. Yeah. So that 911 dispatcher is being investigated by the 911 center as if they were professional and appropriate in the way right. that they did their she job. got a little frustrated she got it. frustrated yeah. and i can tell you can't. and that gives me i like listening to it i was getting anxiety right. for that woman i right. was like so it is certainly scripted but the first thing they want to know is where are you right what's the what's your emergency this is what's going on this is where it's at because we need to then we can start guys that way, mm-hmm. right? So if they say, like, use Warren, for example, uh, Betts Park, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, five people fighting with bats. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we at least know the vicinity. We know a little bit about what's going on. But then they can take that time that they send us, hey, head down Betts Park, you got a physical altercation with weapons. Okay, so we start heading that way. They're gathering more information as we're mm-hmm. on our way. So yeah, they can't. They, I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing, like that, I that a lot of them, I think they get frustrated probably because they go through a lot of calls sometimes, right. well, and yeah. some of them aren't as, as important as others. Right. So yeah, so I, I take that into account, but I'm always like, just take a moment and say, "Ma'am, help is on the way," but I need you to be calm. I right. like just want them to say that sometimes, right. and yeah. I'm like, and they don't, and it's like, and the person's like panicking. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, and and. <laughs> And that's the thing is they it is I mean they're human just as well, but it is hard for a dispatcher to keep their patience sometimes when they're they're just they want that information so bad, but they're not getting it from the person because the person's in full on panic. But that person's experiencing something that forced them to call an emergency response line. So clearly they're not in their right mind yeah. either. You, you know? got to like, do a little bit of coddling to kind of right. calm them down a little right. bit and be like, help is on the way, right. but I need you to be calm. Like, yeah. So <laughs> no, yeah, you, th- it is definitely scripted. The nine, you know, there's bullet points for mm-hmm. everything they need to ask. And it depends and on I'm what sure type they of emergency it is. Probably and stuff oh yeah. For it. The training for it's pretty intense. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just as far as Warren goes, like we, we have a good core of, dispatchers down there so i think we're pretty lucky that uh and then the guy actually who runs it, his name's ken mccorson he's like when i first started he was the head 
like one of the head dispatchers, but he was still dispatching and he was fantastic. So good that they moved him up and he took over. Now he's like the director of public safety or, or uh, something along those lines. So, but anyways, yeah, they have a basically a question and answer sheet that they have to go off of. But again, depending on the circumstances, you know, uh, there's certain stuff that they, they can click through their self without having to ask because they already know it. Just And it depends on what the person rattles off when they call. They might answer four of the, you know, five questions or however many there are right then and there. So, yeah, uh, that dispatcher, though, faced heavy Internet scrutiny for losing, losing patience with Sherman's wife. I could tell she had a frustrated tone in her voice right. a little bit a couple times. Yeah. Like, and I think she was making that woman panic more by yeah. the way she was acting. Oh, sure. Yeah. And that and that's why it's important yeah. to really hone in your your craft and keep yourself at the same tone because if you start raising tone then then she's gonna raise tone. It's no different than uh like for me, just going to if I get sent to any type of incident where people are worked up. If I go there and my head is already, if I'm going 100 miles an hour, then I'm not going to be able to de-escalate that person. No, it's just going to get worse. I have to come in, like, even level to try to bring it down. To try and bring them down. Because you can bring them down. But if I start up here and they go up there, it's not likely that we're both coming back down. Right. I might, but getting that person to come. Right. And, I mean, you just have to tell yourself that, some of these calls you go on are people having the worst night of their life. Yeah. And to, and to me, I mean, I don't know Sherman personally, but from watching him play football and, you know, know the, the things I do know about his life, I would say that this night goes probably pretty high on the list of worst nights of his life. I would hope so. Yeah. Really? I mean, uh, yeah, I would too. Because if he had anything, you know, worse than this that's ever gone unreported, then there's probably a lot more going on than we yeah, even know it's a regular about. occurrence yeah, right. or something. So. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, she's being, uh, and they said the you know the investigation for that's going to take a while, but we'll, we'll follow up with that too because all things pertaining to the case have been pretty interesting to me. Uh, he is due back in court August thirteenth, so we'll see. Uh, I believe that would be his, uh, if it's structured anywhere similar to Pennsylvania, that'll be his preliminary hearing where uh, the state would have to prove their prima facie case, which means. You know, 51% says that a crime occurred and that he's the one who committed the crime. So they do that and then go forward from there. But, I mean, based off of the video and everything, it's going to be pretty tough for him to skate on everything, I would think. Uh, they will factor in the mental health stuff, but when it comes to property damage and, and things like that then and a DUI, those aren't really defenses. You know, the, the resisting, you can get away with that a little bit if there's like a mental health uh, piece to it, which is dumb to me, but I get it at the same time because they don't, you know, if somebody doesn't really truly know what the hell's going on, or or some people just don't want help. So I don't know. All right, well, like I said, August thirteenth court, so we'll get back to that one here in a couple weeks once we get some more uh, news and updates on that. Another NFL player is in the spotlight. Future Pittsburgh Steeler great, Dwayne Haskins. 
uh, he's not going to be great. <laughs> but anyways, I, I mean, maybe he will. You don't know. But if he is great, he's going to do it with one less tooth. Right. Because his wife, uh, Calabria Gudrenzik Haskins, was charged from a July 3rd incident at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas for felony battery, domestic violence related, after... Uh, Dwayne had attended a nightclub, came home, or to the hotel, and she punched him in the face, split his lip, and knocked a tooth out. Nice. Yeah. So, to add to this... So, what was the date on this? July 3rd. So, so he's, still, he's still visiting nightclubs frequently. Yeah. He hasn't, yeah. He hasn't changed. Anymore. No, it was... Yeah, this is 18 days ago right. that it happened, so... But he, uh, so the other thing that I saw too, though, is there's like just more negative attention. So this is bad. I mean, his wife's facing a felony, so that's not good. Uh, domestic violence, that'll get reduced, I'm sure, because he's going to, they'll make up. And, and that's something that I just see far too much that I just absolutely hate. Uh, so, you know, there's, they'll go into all that. But anyways, he... Is now, he, so, and I didn't write down her name, I should have, but an Instagram model who apparently he was, I don't know how he was funding her or for what, but he texted her and requested back $20,000 that he had paid her. And of course, she like screenshots and puts them on blast on her Instagram page that Dwayne Haskins is texting me asking for 20 grand back. He's an NFL player, but, you know, whatever. So just the negative stuff, two things in, in you know, a week, week and a half. And it's not like the guys had the greatest start to his pro career that he can afford this kind of shit. Because if you're, if you're really, really good and you're a distraction, they can sweep the distractions aside. But if you're not good and you're a distraction, then they're going to replace you. Dwayne Haskins is replaceable. So, not looking good. I mean, he better light up training camp because they haven't – I mean, they start today. But it, I, I wonder if they had to form him a new mouth guard. <laughs> yeah, he's at the dentist today. Well, they said – the article said that he has to get his teeth fixed before he goes to training camp. Uh, but – I don't know. I was like, I just, it's not a good look. I mean, the Steelers are already like, who do they have? Uh, the, te the teeth isn't a good look or the incident? Well, no teeth is a bad look. <laughs> the incident's a bad look. It's all bad. He's look. a bad quarterback. It's just not. It's all bad. Yeah. I just, I mean, the Steelers have always been pretty like, hey, you get into some off the field shit. Well, we're going to get rid of you. Unless your name is Ben Roethlisberger. Then you can do whatever the hell you want. But Haskins, that's thin ice. And I just, I don't know. They're just gonna, to me, he's going to have to light up training camp or we're, he won't be in a Steeler uniform by the cut to 53. Unless they truly think that guy's going to be their future. Because Ben, I would think this is his last year. Yeah, I don't know. And they got to do something soon. I mean, it, it, yeah, quarterbacks don't grow on trees. They aren't running backs. So, 
All right. That's going to wrap up things at Sting. We'll be back with more nonsense next week because uh, I'm just going to assume some shit will happen because when I gave them credit, they all went bananas and we had like five stories to talk about. So take a break. We're going to be back with NFL Fan Rant, NFC West edition. Stick around. Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Rye. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So what are you guys and gals waiting for? Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today. very own world of sports hey welcome back to my hive nfl fan rant we are winding down we only have two divisions left today one next week one and then we'll have to find some more fun shit to do in this segment so nfc west we have the cardinals we have the rams niners seahawks uh sadly but mainly because i do not think they exist i could not find an arizona cardinals fan i looked on the arizona cardinals official facebook page all the comment all the comments in any of the posts that they did was just those spam like watch nfl on our website bunch of emojis you, you know what i'm talking about the spam posts mm-hmm. that go up that's all i could find uh no nobody really commenting on anything i don't blame them it's cardinals i don't think yeah, I mean, it's a retirement village out there in Arizona, so nobody cares. Uh, so, Kylie and I are going to do the Cardinals, and then we do have people lined up for the remaining three Rams, Niners, and Seahawks. So, Kylie, kick us off. Uh, Kyler, I'm going to call you Kyler for this segment. Kyler Munch, why can the Cardinals get it done this year? Why can they get it done? I guess the answer would be Kyler Murray. <laughs> um, very talented quarterback we saw last year. Um, uh, I I think that they, I mean, he's got a lot of weapons and they added AJ Green now. Can he stay healthy? Um, obviously, Hopkins. It so, seems like Fitz is going to retire. There hasn't been an announcement yet, but um, they drafted Rondell Moore. I like that kid a lot. He's kind of a. Uh, a gadget guy that can do it all. Christian Kirk too, right? Yep. Christian Kirk's a good receiver as well for them. Um, obviously on the defensive side of the ball, they added JJ Watt. Um, a couple other additions, uh, uh, Darquez Denard and Malcolm Butler. They added Malcolm Butler, Malcolm too. Butler. Yeah. I didn't know that one. Yep. Um, yeah. And, uh, James Connor. Eerie native James Conner uh, has moved out to Arizona so, now. Real quick, 
Side note, my brother-in-law, Jordan, just moved into, he bought James Conner's grandparents' house. And it has, like, uh, downstairs they have, like, a Steelers room that they left because Jordan's a Steelers fan. And it has, like, a fat head with James Conner signed it. He used to play ping pong. I guess he was there a lot. Like, he hung out with his grandparents' house a lot. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. Side note, James Conner, eerie guy. Um, their first-round pick was a linebacker, Zavon Collins. I don't know much about him at all. I don't even know where he went to school. Tulsa? I really don't know, honestly. I can't remember. Actually, I shouldn't even say that he was their first-round pick. It was just he was picked before Rondell Moore, I guess is, is what I should say. Yeah, he's he was pretty highly regarded, I was think. It? And okay. they needed they had some holes to fill on defense, so that was probably Yeah, they pick. lost a lot. Of, they lost Hassan yeah. Reddick. Um, they lost Patrick Peterson, Drake Kirkpatrick, Jonathan Joseph. Um, so they lost, a, yeah, they lost a big set like of nobody court, to play big set of corner, but they signed Butler and Denard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So to replace, I mean, they lost three cornerbacks, but they signed those two. So, yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of nice signings, but they also lost a lot. So they filled those gaps. We'll see if, you know, if they step in and it is better for them and make them better. We'll see. Right on. Um, they're playing a third-place schedule. They play um, the AFC South. Sucks. And they play the NFC North. So um, Not terrible, but yeah, Detroit. Right. And it was unknown with the Packers with the right. quarterback well, situation, yeah, yeah, too. True. So, yep. Um, my biggest thing with, with them is, though, even more than Kyler – is um is Cliff Kingsbury. And I don't trust Kingsbury. I think that they'll do well. I I picture them 11 and 6, 12 and 5 maybe. Really? I think so, yeah. In that division? Yeah. I think they're a good good team. I think that I think they're good too, but that division is just so stacked. Yeah, I think that I think that they'll I think they'll go 3 and 3 in the division, maybe 2 and 4. But I think that with the remaining the, schedule, with that so remaining bad. schedule, I think yeah. that they'll be able to beat yeah, up could be true. Beat up on everybody else pretty good in a third place schedule too. So I mean, you know, what I mean, um, so like I I don't know. I I see them maybe sliding in a wild card spot, but I don't I don't personally have much faith in Cliff Kingsbury no, to be neither. able to carry them very. I far. think Kingsbury was a Sean McVay motivated hire. That's what I think he was. As soon as McVeigh came out and everybody's like this young guy with this up tempo offense that is a genius and a student of the game and blah 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 because McVeigh can name like every play he's called in every game like forever, uh, and I think that that's why they got. I think Kingsbury was that higher that that young, uh, you know, quick offense at Texas Tech and I just yeah. I, I don't like them. Tons of talent on this team. I think the talent alone is going to let them win and beat up on most of the most of the average to bad right. teams. Yeah, I, and that's why I see that picture them winning eleven games, or 11, okay. 12 games, in my opinion. But but I think the coaching will will nip them in the butt. I will just never forgive the Hill Mary Hill Murray, right? Because I was play. I just after Diggs caught the touchdown. I mean, not that that the game didn't. It didn't change anything out of conference. Uh, they would have been ended up with the same record as Kansas City, but they lost the head-to-head, so it didn't matter. So that game did nothing for any of it. But pissed me off that day. It did do because three guys around them 
And I just, I think, I don't know, Kyler Murray. I'm not, I'm not there yet with him. I think he's a good athlete. Uh, could have been playing baseball right now. Also, he's a good athlete, but I just don't. It's going to take some more convincing from me or from him for me to believe that he can make it. I know I would rather have him than Lamar Jackson. He's, I would agree with that. He's proven to me that thrower. he can. He's proven to me he can throw the ball better than Lamar. I Jackson. would take. I would go with that too. But I also think that Lamar has just totally been over glorified, and everybody just wants him to be a good quarterback so bad that it's actually getting to the point where it's like I'm. Get, it's getting on my nerves. Like either let it happen, or quit making excuses if it doesn't. It's just that's the way the league goes. If Josh Allen shits to bed this year and years to come. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had us convinced the one thing, but just let it happen. I just think that, that he won the MVP. I think that that was a season for Lamar, and I don't even know why we're getting on to Lamar, besides what you just said. But uh, Lamar wins the MVP in a season where nobody knew how to play defense on him. They were all anticipating a run. It's hard to keep X amount of guys in the box watching him and have X amount of guys in the, def- in the backfield Garden receivers, you know? So I just don't, like, everybody's like, give give Lamar somebody like Diggs and he can take the leap like Allen did. Do not compare Allen's throwing abilities to Lamar Jackson's. Those are not in the same conversation. Right. My point was, yeah, and that's all I was getting at. I was like, he's a better he's, thrower. He's proven to me that he can throw the ball. And that so in in that fact, I feel like that there can be improvement there. Yeah. And, but I would agree. I, yeah, I think I think he's what he's got to do is maybe become a little bit more like Allen did last year is prove that he can stay in the pocket and right. sling it a little bit more. Yeah, cool. And it's shown, too, because of his size. And he was getting hurt a couple times last year because he's getting his ass tossed down pretty hard. And he's little. So he has to. I mean, you got to look at what Breeze did. Guys like that who protected themselves but stayed in the pocket. And you just can't rely on everything to be flushed out or also learn to quit taking hits, which I think something out like Allen started throwing the ball away a little bit more this year. And that was something that I'd been asking from football Jesus for God knows how long, because I'm like, dude, you can, I know you're huge, but you can only take so many hits. Kyler, on the other hand, he's one good hit away from sitting out for till next season. So, all right, that's the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to move on to the LA Rams. All right, on the line next and first caller for NFL Fan Rant NFC West Edition, James California. James is calling from Warren, representing the LA Rams. James, three minutes or less, tell us why the Rams can return to Super Bowl glory. All right. Well, first of all, I mean, the addition of Stafford, makes it pretty simple to say they're the clear favorites to win the West. I mean, look at the competition. The Seahawks overrated the Rams on them every year. Donald chews Wilson up. Then the Niners, you know, they've had a little luck against the Rams lately, but, I mean, Garoppolo sucks. That new quarterback, whoever, Trey Lance, whatever, sucks. Their defense will be all right, but it's not a defense like the Rams have. Cardinals, they picked up a bunch of old players, whatever. Who cares about them? Agreed. Yeah. And the Rams, pretty loaded on offense. 
that's just lost the running back. Acres, that, that one's going to hurt. Will Stafford throwing to Woodsy and Cup. Yeah, you bring in Deshaun Jackson. He's a burner. Those are tutties. Tutu Atwell, rookie. Burner. More tutties. They love that defense. Donald chewing everyone up. Ramsey in the secondary. I don't. I just don't see them even losing this year, let alone not winning the Super Bowl. So you're calling an undefeated season? Yeah, someone will get lucky. But that's what it'll be, is lucky. All right, so a one-loss season. Yeah, that sounds about right. 16-1. and one. Yeah, I can I can go with that, but yeah, I mean the idea of this is not to be realistic. Obviously, we've had fans of the NFC East call in, and then nobody from there is going to win anything. No, I wouldn't think. So that's pretty much garbage. All right, anything to add, James? No, no, I think that's pretty much it. And Scotty, you can bite on one. <laughs> All right, next on the line, the Beehive Hotline, we have Michael Honorati, which if you follow the Facebook page, you saw the kick-ass shot he had on number seven at Conolongo, damn near dunked a hole-in-one. It was one of the coolest golf shots I was present for. So Mike's calling from Warren. He is representing the San Francisco 49ers. Mike, you have three minutes or less. Tell us why. The Niners can return to the big game. What are they, two years removed? They were there two years ago, right? Two years ago, yep. All right, go ahead. Well, let's start with, first off, last year can't repeat itself. Uh, The Niners faced more injuries last year than any team I can think of in recent memory. And on top of that, they get kicked out of their stadium, you know, halfway, three-quarters of the way through the season and still finish 6-10. and They were 3-3 three and three against the division. I think with everyone back and healthy this year, there's no way they don't win the Super Bowl. We're missing a big part in Robert Sala being gone. However, Demeco Ryans is stepping in. He wants to play a more aggressive defense. We're getting Nick Bosa back, who is the best pass rusher in football. We have Javon Kinlaw, the young uh, defensive tackle. They basically traded DeForest Buckner for who played really well last year, and I think he's really going to shine with uh, Bosa back. Armstead on the other side. we got DJ Jones up the middle. They've had a couple additions for depth that I like. Curse um, from the Raiders, Arden Key from the Raiders. Uh, D Ford has had a broken back for like four years. I think this is his year. He's finally going to get healthy. <laughs> uh, breaking news if the podcast was live Fred Warner just got paid as the highest paid linebacker in the NFL because he is the best middle linebacker in the NFL Dre Greenlaw on the other side of him still searching for a little bit of hole for the third linebacker spot but I think they're going to fill in nicely Uh, Richard Sherman in the secondary is a little bit of a loss but we still have Jason Brett coming back Manuel Mosley Kaylon Williams, and they drafted Ambry Thomas. I think they're going to be set there for depth. Uh, safety, you got Jaquiski Tart and Jimmy Ward back. Not to mention we picked up Tony Jefferson, who didn't play last year because of COVID. I think the secondary depth, I like a lot. I think with this aggressive style of defense Ryan's wants to run, defense is going to be back to best in the league this year. 
offensively, we have the best left tackle in football. We have the best tight end in football. We have the most dynamic weapon in football in Debo Samuel. And not to mention, we have the best-looking quarterback in football in Jimmy Garoppolo. Best-looking. I, I think the defenses are intimidated by his looks because the guy is like 29-6 and six as a starter. There's only three starting NFL quarterbacks right now with a better win percentage than that. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Lamar Jackson. All three of them MVPs. With Jimmy back, if he can stay healthy, with Brandon Ayuk on the outside, George Kittle at tight end, slot receivers a little up in the air. They're thinking maybe Travis Benjamin, maybe Jalen Hurd, if he can actually get healthy. Possibly Mohamed Sanu. They're going to be filled out just fine on the outside. Running back, the stable is deep this year. We have Raheem Mostert. We have uh, Trey Sermon. We have Wayne Gallman. We'll have Jeff Wilson back from injury, who played well last year. Jamichael Hasty, undrafted free agent last year, stepped in for a few games and was really good until he got hurt. They really addressed the interior line this year, which was a big issue last year, getting Alex Mack, drafting Aaron Banks. I think that offensively you're going to see something special this year. Best case for the 49ers is Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt after like week 12 and Trey Lance has to step in with him going into Kyle Shanahan's offense. We're going to see something like he had with RG three before they messed him up in Washington. NFL teams won't be able to prepare for him. They won't know what's going to hit him. Easy run to the Super Bowl, just like your boy Colin Kaepernick. And I believe <laughs> my boy, my, your boy Colin Kaepernick. I do believe that this is the year they will do it unless when the Niners have a 20-point lead on Josh Allen in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan says, you know what, instead of running it, we should start airing it out. Because we all know he likes to do that with a lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Uh, accurate. And that, I believe, is why the 49ers will win. And I don't think there's anyone that's going to stop them. The division is weak. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, little little controversy up there. Does he want to be there? Does he not want to be there? We don't know. They fell apart down the stretch last year. They don't scare me. The Arizona Cardinals, ton of talent, but they have Cliff Kingsbury. The only thing Cliff Kingsbury is good at is recruiting Patrick Holmes and banging co-eds. That's it. Only reason he's got an NFL job. And don't get me started because I know California's going to be on this podcast telling you, oh, the Rams, the Rams. We got Matt Stafford. What's Matt Stafford, everyone? Nothing. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're nice. They're not Megatron. And that, let's not forget, the Rams haven't beat the 49ers in two years. This is going to be the third row in the year. They're going to sweep them. Easy division win. Easy cruise into the Super Bowl. All right. Last but not least, for the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Representing the Seattle Seahawks, we have Mike Lombardozzi, buddy of mine. Used to work with him up at Presque Isle Downs and Casino. Mike, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Erie, Pennsylvania. Erie, Pennsylvania. So, Mike, you have three minutes or less, and you are the only Seahawks fan that I know. And so I'm glad you agreed to do this because it's been a struggle to find uh, some teams to be represented, i.e. the Cardinals. 
uh, couldn't find one of their fans because I don't think they exist. But anyways, Mike, you have three minutes or less. Tell us why the Seahawks can return to Super Bowl greatness. All right, so I'll give you three words why Seattle can make it back, and it's Russell Carrington Wilson. Well, let me give you three more words. Three more words. Let Russ cook. I mean, it seemed like last year at the beginning of the year, he was on fire, on tearing it up. You know, I don't know what happened the second half of the year. Schottheimer, whether he got a little complacent, but, I mean, he's out of there anyways. Um, I know with Rush, you're going to get 30-plus 30, 30 touchdowns. Uh, 3,700, you know, 4,000 yards passing, probably another 500 yards rushing. Um, and I really like what they did with the offensive line. I mean, the addition of Gabe Jackson, that kind of shores up the right side of the line. I mean, Wayne Brown, you know, he, he got injured last year, but, I mean, he's just a solid left tackle. Uh, picked up Brandon Shell. And I know Russ hasn't been, you know, hasn't been happy. I'm glad he spoke his mind. He said him and Pete, you know, their relationship's stronger than ever. I mean, that's a good sign. Um, we can keep Chris Carson healthy. I mean, the guy's a, he's just a bull. You know, 4.8 yards rushing. Um, really didn't have a sharp penny last year. If he can dispel him even a little bit, I'd love to see if we could get Travis Homer and DJ Dallas going a little bit more. You know, we got some young guys that can do a few things. Um, and then besides the rushing, I mean, how do you stop, you know, 2,000-yard receivers, you know, between – DK, uh, Metcalf, or Tyler Lockett, 20 touchdowns between them. I mean, it's, it's just tough to cover, uh, to cover those guys. You know, we picked up Dwayne Eskridge in the draft, who I was excited about. I mean, 5'9", ran a 4'3", You know, I was thinking maybe DK should have been racing him instead of doing that, you know, 100-meter uh, dash. I mean, you got a guy 6'3", 235 in DK with a little, you know, scat back like Eskridge. I mean, it's going to be tough to stop. i uh, love to see... What our new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, has got. And once again, Russ said they've had a great relationship. Maybe get back to a little West Coast offense. Um, brought Gerald Everett with them over from the Rams. I mean, I've, we, I've seen Everett, you know, we see him twice a year. Seems like a solid tight end. I'd love to see them use the tight end more. Um, I just feel like we're, you know, we're 12-4 and four last year, and it's like we're getting written off. You know, I just I just feel like now we're a little under the radar. I kind of like it, you know. Scored 28 and a half points a game last year. I feel like our offense, you know, even even be better. Um, defense, you know, as long as you got Bobby Wagner in the middle, you're always going to have, you know, someone to rely on. You know, just a, a tackling machine. You know, keeping Jamal Adams healthy is huge. Brad over Carlos Dunlap. I mean, not many people know it, but the Seahawks led the NFL in sacks like the final 10 weeks of the year. You know, if we, if we can build on something like that, you know, you know the cornerbacks, Brought over and tell uh, Witherspoon from the Niners, him and DJ Reed to work together. I mean, Shaquille Clifton getting what three years, forty million to go to the Jaguars. Like, hey, what, enjoy your four and twelve season, buddy. Uh, we'll see you <laughs> week eight. See you week eight and try to uh, try to cover DK yourself, uh, Shaquille, because trust me, you're not going to be able to. You know, and then, and then even in that division, yeah, I think we can get back to the Super Bowl. But like, even you know, the division, they're all over the 49ers, like. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, two years ago, you threw eight passes in the NFC Championship game. You know why? Because uh, you stink, you know? I mean, I'm glad you have Debo, Samuel, and Brandon. I, if, if, you know, they can do anything, but no, I don't, I just don't see it, you know? I mean, Stafford coming over, I mean, he's had Megatron before. He's also only had four winning, four winning seasons, you know? No postseason victories. 
I mean, I get, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, yeah, those guys are tough. I mean, Sean Jackson, what did he play, two games a year? And then he'll be out. You know, he's out the rest of the year. Kyler Murray, like, granted, Russell Wilson used to play baseball. Probably wasn't as good as Kyler. Wasn't the ninth overall pick. Well, guess what? You probably should have just, probably should have stayed in baseball, Kyler, because, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not, not expecting much out of the Cardinals. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I just don't see no, no more Drew Brees. You know, Rogers wants out. It seems like the NFC is so bad, and I feel like the, the Seahawks are right there. You know, the AFC is so stacked. I mean, yeah, you got to deal with Tampa and Tom Brady, but they were so injury free last year. I just, I don't know. I think, I think Russell's just, you know, he made a statement. You know, he got mad that, you know, he wanted the team to do a few things. I feel like, you know, you know, they, they, they stepped up for him. I, I just think he's ready to win. He wants to win now. You know, he's only 32 years old. It seems like he's been around forever. But with him at quarterback, I just feel like you always have a chance. You know, he's just, you know, a competitor, you know. And, uh, and hey, that's that's why I think the Seahawks are uh, going, going to win the big dance, buddy. Thanks. No, that's a uh, valid gripe about Russ. I like that, What you how you put that with uh, – him kind of speaking his mind. He's always been a pretty quiet, uh, under the radar kind of right. guy, and spoke his mind. And it seemed like the organization responded. So uh, another thing I wanted to just talk to you while I have you on, because uh, I think this is pretty cool. And we haven't really huh. ever talked any horse racing. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. We talked Kentucky Derby uh, earlier, and I don't even remember what episode it was. But uh, Mike actually owns. How many uh, race horses do you own? Uh, we have two horses right now. You know, one of them's just kind of getting back out of training, suffered an injury. But uh, we've got our other horse. He's already ran twice this year at Prescott. Already got two thirds. You know, just it's kind of exciting. Get a group of your buddies together. But you know, get a couple horses. Put some, you know, put some money together, and you know, make it fun. And are you in that with Mark? Is that the same group? Yeah. Right on, me and Mark, a uh, couple of his buddies, and then, you know, our trainer, you know, he's been at Prescott for a little while, so, you know, just kind of befriended him, and now he's one of our good buddies, and it's just, you know, it's a, a good group of guys to work with, you know, we bring the family out, you know, it's like one of these days, I mean, we had, we did win last year, but with COVID, it was like we couldn't really all celebrate together, so this year it'll be a little more fun because they have fans back at the track, and, you know, you know, if we can get a, you know, hopefully get a win or, you know, obviously more than one, but that, that, uh, the winning photograph will have, you know, it's going to have a bunch of people in there. Yeah, so that's cool. That. So what, what nights do they run at Presque Isle now? Uh, they are Monday through Wednesdays through the end of July. And then when August hits, they pick up Thursdays. So it'll be Monday through Thursdays. Okay, at cool. Like 445. Yeah, 445. We'll have to come up and catch. I think Devin actually had mentioned to me that she wanted to go up and do that. So I think we'll probably oh, yeah. make a night Absolutely, of that sometime. Man. Right on. I missed you last time you were in town. I saw a couple photos, but I was like, dang, I think you were, you know, got up at, you know, docks and whatnot. Yep. Well, well hey, thanks for being on, Mike. Hey, thanks a lot, buddy. Well, that wraps up NFC West. I don't think in all of the divisions we've done, there has been more hate thrown at the other teams within the division as this one. NFC West, those guys hate each other. That's I like that. That's good. For, that's good for the fan ran. It's good for football. But I mean, it is loaded with talent and a lot of good. You know. Every team in that division is competitive, so I guess it's easy for that kind of behavior to 
uh, stew up. But all right. So thank you, uh, James. Thank you, Honorati. Thank you, Lumbo, for representing your squads. We will be back next week with a final chapter in the fan rant, which will be the AFC West. So I appreciate everybody who's taken uh, part in it so far. We will be back. Going to take a break, and we'll come back with closing, wrap this episode up. Stick around. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of the Beehive Sports Podcast. Thank you, sponsors, D910sports.com, me, myself, and Ride Podcast. Got some uh, new advertising possibilities here coming in the future, so hopefully stay tuned for those. Also, next week, as I said in the last segment, we have AFC West Fan Rant. It is the final chapter, so... Don't miss that. We'll have all the divisions down. Here in a couple weeks, we will be able to fully announce all the winners uh, of the fan rant and get them moved into uh, whatever we're going to do next. So maybe we'll post something on the Facebook page, get some ideas. I love getting uh, you guys involved with everything that we're doing here. So Kylie and I will be back next week. Until then, stay safe.